as much as you put effort, you will receive back the amount of effort you put. Maybe sometimes you think about like why you want to be, want to be a chef. I'm sure most of chefs will say one of the reason is it gives us like so much excitement and satisfaction when we receive a great feedback from customers. Today on Dirty Linen, we are talking with Chef Jin Sik Choi. Uh, Jin is the sous chef at Bang Bang Restaurant in Alstonwick, where they do a variety of different Asian cuisines, I guess mostly leaning towards Thai. Uh, Jin himself is from South Korea, and I'm super excited to welcome him to Dirty Linen. Hi, Jin. Hi, Danny. How are you doing? I am really good. Uh, yeah, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Bang Bang. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm Jin from South Korea. Uh, I'm sous chef at Bang Bang RC restaurant in Riverend Group. So we are like a, we are focused on Southeast Asian cuisine, but bit of like a French influence. So some dish we use like a creams or like butters, like dairy stuff like that. Tell us a bit more about the restaurant. Is it a big place? What sort of customers do you have? Is it open all day, every day? What's the what's the vibe there like? Uh, right. So it's kind of like a, uh, we have like maybe like kind of big venue, like with, let's say maybe like 100 capacity. And then uh, it's but it's more like very like friendly environment. And, and uh, yeah, it's like uh, easy to come in and then like have a beer and chat and have some cocktail with the food so it's very like a casual dining place yeah it's actually only a few weeks since i was there last and it is a really easy to easy place to visit easy with a group um food's really nice for sharing flavors are pretty approachable um yeah it's just just like a a, a nice i guess melbourne neighborhood restaurant so, yeah, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your journey from coming to Australia and finding yourself in your current role as sous chef. Obviously, you've, yeah, must have been a bit of a journey. Tell us tell us about your your career as a chef. Where did you start studying? So, yeah, I studied commercial cookery in Korea. And then uh, in Korea, I was like, in Korea, it's more like focus on Asian cuisine than European cuisine. So I was major in Korean and Japanese and Chinese cuisine. And then at one point I was like, ah, I want to learn more like European cuisine and more Western cuisine as well. So I decided to come to Australia. And, but, but, but problem was like my English wasn't good. So when I first arrived here, I really had like hard time because it was really hard to have like conversation, particularly like language barrier. So yeah, I think the hardest part for me was English. It goes without saying that everyone has to be eligible to speak English at work in Australia, I believe. Like, so yeah, it, so I actually, I was being like sacked, like probably maybe like several times because of the language barrier, but here, here I am now. Wow, that's so harsh. I mean, it's so interesting, you know, to come to Australia to work and to study. I mean, what was there any support offered to you in learning English? Uh, so before coming to Australia, I stopped by Philippines to study English for like three months. But obviously, three months is not enough to learn English. So obviously, I had to face like in Australia, like every moment and every situation. 
So yeah, I think like uh, when I meet like new people and a new place and new situation, I think that's that's where I learn English most of my time. I mean, you must have been very determined because I suppose you could have gone to a Korean restaurant and, you know, a lot of people there would have probably spoken Korean, but I guess that isn't what you came to Australia to do, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, yes, there's many, like, obviously there's many restaurants in Australia. I can just easily go to Korean restaurant and then speak in speak Korean with Korean people and there's nothing problem with that. But I was like... I don't know. I wanted to challenge in Australia, like uh, you know. Yeah, my my first plan was I just stay here like, six months, and then just go back to Korea. But I was like, oh, I wanna stay longer, and then I wanna like enjoy the moment and the journey in Australia longer as long as possible, and then like really, I really wanna achieve the English at least, and then yeah, and that's already yeah, that's already eight years when I'm still I'm here. Because your, your English is, like, so good now. Like, do, what sort of strategies did you have for learning? I mean, what could what do you think you could advise other people who perhaps wish that they're, they were more proficient in English? Well, I watch YouTube a lot, English YouTube, to, like, grammar-wise or, like, vocabulary-wise. But also I, I kind of, like, enjoy to face to, like, having a conversation with Australians like you know as a foreigners like it's like it's been like scary to I don't know I was like I was scared I was scared at the beginning to have a conversation with like Australians in English but I try to like face the situation all the time and then I think at the end I feel like comfortable having a conversation with anybody yeah and that confidence is such a big part of it isn't it it is yeah What's the language learning culture in Korea or in South Korea? Are you encouraged to learn other languages at school? Yeah, it does. Yeah, actually, uh, we study English in Korea, but I would say more like business language, not really like a general like speaking English. So every word is kind of like like for like trading or like dealing with other suppliers or things like that. So. Yes, we learn English, but I think more like a company or business-wise. And what about other Asian languages? Are they commonly learnt and spoken in Korea? Yeah, more like a neighbor country, like a Japanese or like a Chinese, or like uh, I'm sure some school was teaching was Indonesian, like around the neighbor country, I believe. Mm, interesting. So you came to Australia. English improved bit by bit, and you started working in other restaurants. Tell us about your working history and, and how things progressed. Yeah, so my working history, yes. Uh, like, uh, I studied, I, I no, sorry, last day. I worked at uh, a Rockpool Group most of my time at the beginning. And then, like, uh, in a Spice Temple and a Sake restaurant, Sake restaurant and bar, and then after that, I uh, worked at uh, I worked at Costa Co, which is a Andrew Macro Group. And then I also worked at uh, Coda Melbourne with uh, Adam De Silva. And yeah, I think that's where I've been working now. 
So really, a lot of really prominent restaurants where I guess, you know, a lot of Australia's best chefs have worked and trained. Um, What are some of the key experiences that you had there? Like what are some of the standout people that you worked with and things that you learned along the way? Uh, Obviously, you know, I like I met really like great chefs in my life in Australia, like uh, like. Especially like uh, because everyone's coming from different country, and that really like attracted me the most in Australia because, like, you know, like uh, in Korea, yeah, you know, I see many like Asian people, but not really like many like Western chefs. But here, I see many European chefs, many Latin chefs, like everywhere in the world. So obviously, from them, I learn like various of cuisines. And then various of culture and different technique and different skill, which really make me really strong chef in in this industry. I believe. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, are there any dishes or ingredients or techniques that you know you that really surprised you along the way? Uh, like before I come into Australia, I didn't know how to like peel the coconut, how to open the coconut, and then one day one of the Thai chef showed me like to open coconut with the like Chinese cleaver from the top and then she just like maybe smash maybe like four times and then the coconut just opened it by itself. I was like I never saw it in my life before like that. <laughs> That's so cool. And can you do that now? I am very I can do the enforced them easily, yes. <laughs> that is so cool. And um what about other ingredients that you'd say? I mean you mentioned that you use cream and and butter and things like that at um at Bang Bang, I mean, are there any other European ingredients that you f- find, you know, unfamiliar and surprising and interesting? So in Bang Bang, we hate, uh, we used to have like a, a stir-fry pee with uh, like lemongrass butter. So uh, basically we cook the lemongrass and garlic, ginger and sugar together and make paste and then cook with the butter. So it has like a buttery flavor and then, like, has a citrus flavor from the lemon glass and then sourness. Yeah, I think it was really a like, good combination, I believe, like, in, like, meeting with combination of, like, Eastern and Western flavor. Mm, so interesting. I'd love to also talk about some of the processes that you learnt, um, I guess, like in terms of like kitchen culture and the way you approach your work as a chef. We had an earlier conversation and you mentioned working with Colin Maines from Gimlet. Can you talk about some of the um, kitchen skills that you picked up from him? Yeah, so like about this kitchen, like, you know, I'm really lucky to say that I worked with Colin from Gimlet. So actually, he was my head chef at Kotlenko. And, you know, recently he won like World 50 rank on uh, number 84, which is really congrats for him. And so back to the question, when I worked with Colin, like, you know, he taught me like so many things as a chef in kitchen skill wise. Like, but most likely, Colin was like perfectionist. So every dish has to be like perfect no matter what. So it was no negotiable like from that like uh, he taught me how to maintain like 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 standard of quality high with super under pressure so i think like that makes me really one of the professionals like him 
Yeah, it's so interesting. And I know that at Cutler you also worked with Che, right? That's correct, yes. I work with Che as well. She's a very lovely person, yes. So Che, um, who a lot of people would know from her restaurant, also called Che, tell me about working with her. What was what was she like and what did you learn from being beside her? So, yeah, I'm sure you've been Che. Like, she's a very, like, delicate and lovely person. And, yeah, like, I remember, like, she always tried her best to give the best moment, like, beautiful woman dish to the customer. And, like, you know, like, her bench was always absolutely organized and clean. And, like, I remember when she talked about, like, the the delegate Korean cuisine, I was like, oh, this person is really, really, like, good at Korean cuisine. Like, I know I'm, I'm Korean as well, but she's, like, really, like, more deeper and deeper. And then, like, I heard that, like, she's making, like, soy sauce by herself and vinegars. I was like, what? <laughs> that's, that's so impressive, like, uh, like something like that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, you know, something you see in all kinds of different immigrant cultures where you look at your um, home country's cuisine through new eyes. I mean, how has your work in Australia made you think about, you know, the cooking that you learned in Korea and about Korean food generally? So Korean food in generally, I mean, I think Korean is like, I believe Korean is like one of the delicious cuisine in the world, I believe. But I think, uh, I don't know, in Australia, like, uh, generally in Korean food is like a bit spicy in, in Korea, authentically. But I think here is a bit like, uh, obviously, when the immigrant Korean chefs come to Australia, like, I'm sure they maybe change the flavor a little bit, like, a bit more, like, milder and then, like, more, like, friendly flavor for everyone. So I think it was a good approach, I believe. Like, uh, yeah, and, and I think it's good. Have you been to James in South Melbourne? Yes, I did. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, I love, so um, the chef there, Sang Soo Kim, I think he's has a really interesting perspective on Korean food as well and some of the things that he told me. I mean, I think he also really appreciates the different cuisines that he has access to in Australia. Um, but you know, he's different from you in that he didn't train as a chef until he came here. So he told me that it's almost like he's, when he's creating Korean flavours, he's almost trying to remember them from his childhood. It's not so much as you would learn them as a chef in Korea. But I find that so, it's such an Australian thing to be, you know, so proud of a culture and embedded in it, but to be doing something really different with those flavour profiles. Yeah, like, yes. So, yeah, I've been to James and then I, yeah, like, the dish was really incredible because, like, yes, it's like a kind of like, like, like fine dining dish, but like a bit of touch of like Korean flavor, which was really nice combination, I believe. And it was. So, yeah, the sound, so, yeah, like, uh, yeah, like his dish was like, yeah, like, I think uh, that's good to hear that, like, you know, like, you told me that, like, he brought his memory and touch into the Austrian cuisine. I think, yeah, that's really, like, a good to hear that. And, they, like, I think it's really incredible. 
Yeah, well, just to give people who haven't been there a little insight into the cuisine, I'm just looking at what I wrote about it. And so, for example, he cooks a Murray cod, so a native Australian fish, cooks it over charcoal, glazes it with brown butter, the skin, oh, my goodness, it's so crispy and beautiful. And then he makes it um, with muntries, so a native berry, and then with a herb salsa that was a bit like he worked in a pub with like someone who was making chimichurri, so this Argentinian salsa he put it with that but then he also makes gochujang so a korean fermented chili paste and he puts puts that alongside this fish as well so it's this real combination of you know ingredients from the the place where he's cooking but also layered flavors from korean using this classic gochujang but he makes it here makes it a bit different so i think it's i don't know to me it's one of the most exciting things about eating in australia is all these different influences with the produce that's here it's yeah it's a really exciting space it is yes i mean you came here to learn about different cultures and cuisines also to learn English. I mean, where do you how where do you think things are at for you now? Like what do you how do you find Australian restaurant culture and do you feel like you'll stay here for forever now? Yeah, I think so. I think like uh, I think I'm going to stay here like for good. Uh yeah, so because I think at this stage I th- yes, I'm still learning obviously every day. Like in a English or like in a chef wise, I'm still learning every day, and then it's like, uh, still same. The moment I arrive, I first arrive in Australia, and the moment here now, I think the feeling is same. Every day is like charming for me and attractive. Stay in Australia and working as a chef is like beautiful country, and yeah. So, yes, I would love to stay here for yeah, pretty much like for for good. I believe. Awesome. And how have you found the visa journey? Have you got your permanent residency yet? Yeah, I got it. I got it like a couple of years ago, yes. Amazing. And how? what was that process like? Was that a hard thing? Oh, it was hard. It was like, yes, like, uh, because when I first arrived here, like, I think the visa wise, it was be like easier, but like, I think maybe, and then I think like, like a couple of years later, it suddenly become like hard, but yes, I went through like a, and then, yes, here I am now. Great. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad because it's something that a lot of people get tripped up on. So I'm so happy that you've got your permanent residency and that's at least something that you don't need to worry about. Yeah, I'm one of the, one of the lucky ones, yes. <laughs> yeah, great. And, um, I mean, you've learned about all these different cuisines. Have you got a favourite dish or cuisine that you just love making now? Yeah, so I love, I love uh, one of my favourite dishes, rangdang the Indonesian food and because it's like you know to make runda as a chef it requires like like a lot of time and effort and also it has like heaps of spices and like you know onion garlic which is like good for like human like human immune system and ginger turmeric garlic you know coffee lime leaf and you know it's like and Yes, so I'm sure you know that it's so delicious and that's why I think rendang is my favorite dish. Yeah, I love rendang as well. And I've also learned 
I mean, I'm, I'd say I'm still pretty ignorant about rendang, but I've learned a little bit more about it recently, especially about all the different styles, including, yeah, the different Indonesian styles. Um, and just, yeah, the way that, the, well, the West Sumatran one that I tried recently at um, Dale Lapau in Camberwell, which is so good. Everyone should go there. It's this very dark, dry West Sumatran um, Minyang cuisine style of rendang and the flavours are so intensified and oh my god I can't even talk about it anymore I need to go and eat it okay yeah that sounds yeah I think I should try it too yeah I think you should try it definitely yeah um, what about um, do you have a favourite ingredient to use yeah so I I would like to say rice because you know rice is basically like Rice, rice is like basic component of Asian cuisine. And, you know, you can use rice in entry, main, and dessert, like literally in every courses. Like especially in Korean cuisine, you know, like we use rice mostly every dish, like such as like making makgeolli, which is a Korean rice wine, and even making kimchi. I use rice making kimchi as well to make the like starchiness. And also, you know, it has a richness and sweetness. So, like, I can fry or steam them or making pudding for dessert. Hang on. What do you mean you put rice in kimchi? How do you do that? So, it's kind of like all of my secret. But, like, uh, when I make, like, vegan kimchi, I use, like, sticky rice to make, uh, instead of, like, uh, to make the kimchi paste, like, starch. Yeah. Ah, like, so you cook the rice and then you cook it, yeah? Yeah, I cook it and then uh, blend blend it so it become like a sticky stitch sticky paste and that's what i mix with the kimchi to making vegan oh that's so interesting so and then if you ferment it with that sticky rice paste that's correct yes Ooh. yeah so normally kimchi has a like a fish sauce or like fermented anchovy but to make vegan i need to skip that part so I need to make the rice like sticky and then I mix with the uh, kombu broth, which is like that's where the the uh, the salt flavor coming from to make kimchi like seasoning. Yes, that's how I use. I'm telling you a secret now. Like, yeah. I know. I'm, oh, I really had to twist your arm to get that one, but I love it because you know what it makes me want to do? It makes me want to um, make a make a big soup and then stir some of that kimchi through it that's got the rice in it and then it would be so nice and thick. Oh, yes. That would be so delicious. If you ever do that at Bang Bang, can you tell me? <laughs> I'm coming yeah, of straight course away. I, uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have told you this is my secret like ingredient, but yes, here I'm telling you now. Like, I'm yeah. so happy to get that one out of you. <laughs> Um, Jin, it's so lovely to hear of your like passion and enthusiasm for your work as a chef, but it's definitely not an easy road for everybody. Do you have any like words of advice or um, encouragement for other people who are, you know, perhaps a little bit behind you in their journey as a chef? Yeah. Uh, yes. So, you know, I just want to have like a, a small message like for who wants to be a chef or currently studying cookery now, like I just I just would like to say a little, you know, message for them. Uh, you know, it's hard to work as a chef. Also, you know, we are exposed with many dangerous things like hot water, hot oil, or chemicals. And you know, the average salary as a chef is not that high either compared to other industry. 
But of course, like there's many chefs who receive high income. Maybe I would say maybe like 20% in the top level, which means 80% people are still getting like, like average income compared with the amount of workload you have to deal with. But what I, what I, actu- what I actually want to say is like, don't give up yet. Yes, it's hard. It's hard industry. But, you know, but it's one of the most attractive industry either. Like as much as you put effort, you will receive back the amount of effort you put. You know, maybe sometimes you think about like why you want to be, want to be a chef. I'm sure most of chefs will say one of the reasons is it gives us like the most it gives us like so much excitement and satisfaction when we receive a great feedback from customers. So please don't give up yet. I will not give up either. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. That'll mean a lot to people, I reckon. So, I mean, what is it that you love about what you do? So, you know, like uh, I love to try like uh, make new dishes for my colleagues and for, for my colleagues and for my customer. And obviously, I love, like, it gives me so much joy when I hear back, like, great feedback from them. What sort of, what's a dish that you always get great comments about at Bang Bang? So, so far, like, uh, I made a dish. It's called, in Bang, it's currently on the Bang Bang menu, but it's, uh, it's, uh, like, steamed barmandi with ginger ikan broth. So, we make the uh, kind, we make like a ginger based on like vegetable stock like for overnight and then infuse overnight and then the next day we season with the shiro dashi and kombu and like uh and then like soy sauce and it kind of it, it really has like a really like subtle like umami flavor so we serve that uh, we serve the ginger ikan broth. Ah, sorry. Uh, base ikan means like uh, ikan means fish in Indonesian. So it's like basically ginger fish broth. Yeah. So we serve that that broth with the steamed baramandi, which is like cured with salt, sugar, and uh, and then lime zest. So it has like pinch of like a sourness, citrus, and like umami flavor from the broth. Oh, love the sound of it and love the way you speak about it. Just so cool. Um, what? Tell me a little bit about your team. Is it a big team there? Uh, we are like we are like not too small, not too big. I was uh, we have like currently like ten members in the kitchen now. And is there anything that you want to say to them? Uh, yeah. So. When I told my team that like I will be in Dirty Linen show and they all told me like, oh, please measure my name on the show like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, but of course I'm not, I'm not going to say like, everyone's name, but like. Uh, you can if you want. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like, you know, just like for a short time, like, uh, hey, Pung, thank you for everything. I know as a... As my next person, you know, I always appreciate your hard work. And, you know, Daniel, Pravesh, uh, I really appreciate you guys always support me when I had like hard time in the service time. And 
Kaya, yes, I mentioned your name now. I know you are the most person who keeps saying to mention your name. I really appreciate your hard work either. <laughs> like, I know you sometimes you like, like, wingsing me like all the time. But, you know, I really believe if you keep working hard, I'm sure you will be the one, one of the great chefs in the world in the future. Yeah, uh, who else? And uh, Sangeet, really appreciate your hard work either. You know, uh, recently I know you got some injury from work, but I really hope you will get better as as possible. Yes, uh, who else? <laughs> I think, I think that's it. I believe I think that's it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yes, and then recently we had new head chef Alex. I I'm really looking forward to working with you. Yes, I think that's enough. Oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. Absolutely love it. Um, it feels like it must be a lovely team there and I wish you and, and everyone in the kitchen there at Bang Bang and indeed on the floor all the very best um, with the rest of this tricky winter and powering on towards summer. Jin, thank you so much for um, <clears throat> joining us on Dirty Linen today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Is there anything else you want to say? Uh, no, yeah, I really, really, really appreciate like... Uh uh, thanks for having having me today. I it was really my pleasure and honor to be on your show. Like you know, actually I'm I'm like one of your fans as well. Like I I've been following your Instagram like for a while, like like couple like years and years now. Like so, it's it's my honor and pleasure to be on your show. That's so kind of you. Um, I look forward to eating your food soon, Jin. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you so much too. Yeah, thank you. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.